0: So the more discoverable I can make you, and whether that's through consistency, whether that is through just core creative, but it's for me, it's, it's an earned respect. And um, earned respect. I, I, would hate, I would hate for people to not post something because they don't have a content strategy. I want them to be the content strategy.
1: Welcome to the Purposeful Life Show with your host, Adrian Starks. If you're looking for the ideas that can be your breakthrough for change in your business, career, or personal life, then this podcast is for you. Join Adrian as he speaks on topics of personal and professional development for the individual and interviews a variety of entrepreneurs, business owners, and thought leaders to reveal their ideas and solutions to success and its challenges. Subscribe to the show and leave us a review. It's time to be a courageous creator of your own change and be purposeful about doing it.
2: Well, hello, and welcome back to the Purposeful Live Show with your host Adrian Starks, and today I have a special guest on, and his name is Vinny Potestivo. Is that did I say that right, Vinny? That's it.
0: They, Ooh, yeah, Vinny Potestivo. Potestivo. There's two sides of my family; they say it both ways.
2: <laughs> okay. All right. Perfect. I said it right the right way. Then one of those ways. Then yes. that's good. All right. So Vinny is a former MTV executive during the golden years. This is a 1998 from 2007, Ooh, and I tell you. <laughs> I'm telling you, that that was a powerful time. We're going to get into this a little bit about this golden year of being on MTV. But first, let's talk about Benny's bio here because he's got a lot that he's bringing to this conversation today. As a former MTV executive who helped launch Celebrity Talent during MTV's golden years, he's now jumping into the spotlight as a host and producer of his brand new podcast, I Have a Podcast. I like that title. Thank you. You're welcome. The podcast's initial guest lineup includes celebrities whose careers he impacted, including the likes of Mandy Moore, Christina Milan. Oh, I love her music. Oh, my goodness. Daniel Fischel, Ananda Lewis, and Vanessa Lachey, along with additional creatives, including artists, producers, and even a clothing brand who is making a positive community impact, Happy Jack. I like that name. Vinny helped launch MTV Network's talent and series development department where he worked for nearly a decade, as I said before, 1998 to 2007, those golden years. (laughs) He was the the guy at MTV who helped artists and celebrities claim their brands and their narrative in the original wave of unscripted television. Now, we're going to talk about that unscripted television because you had to bring your A-game with that during that time. Things are different now, but hey... Traditionally, he hired the VJs and scouted the MTV news correspondents for all the networks. Then because of those good relationships that he built, he began developing original programming with artists like Ozzy Osbourne, Jessica Simpson, Nick Cannon, just to name a few people out there, right? (laughs) And so Nick, and we're happy here to have Vinny on the show today to talk more about his journey of building talent in the industry with MTV, his challenges he faced. And also, I want to add this, too. He was the guy who put pop royalty in the first TV films of MTV, where he cast Mandy Moore in Together and Beyonce Knowles in Carmen, a hip hopper. Now, I watched that one. Loved it. Need to watch it again sometime. Oh, my. It still gives. It still serves in such a great way. It certainly does. Vinny. I'm so excited! Welcome to the show today, my
0: yeah, friend. Yeah, man. you. Just named some of some of my favorite people that I love watching um, on TV and movies, and I can't believe I got a chance. As I listen to you talk about them in the context of work, I can't believe I got the to, to work with those people because um, I'm such big fans of what they're doing, um, yeah. with their with their gifts and what their gifts are doing for them. I'm such a big fan of that.
2: I'm a big fan of it, too, and I'm actually a big fan of what you're doing because the reason why you're on this show today is because you're making some major impact. But I want to know first here, Vinny, I'm pretty sure our audience will, too, how in the hell did you get into MTV industry? I mean, during that time, being on TV was hard to do. And to get in that industry, how did that start
0: for you? What was the catalyst for that? Um, The catalyst for that, for me, was... um, I decided to be a casting director and to be a casting director, the best way for me to begin my career was to, this was my strategy was to take out an ad, uh, in something called backstage, um, which is a pretty well-known source for, for actors and talent who, who aren't represented to find castings and other opportunities. And I put out an ad and I said, uh, Hey, I'm Vinnie Podestivo. I'm opening up Vinnie Pottestivo entertainment. Um, and this is in October of 1998. By the way, um, if you okay. uh, if you have headshots and resumes, send them to me. I'm building my files. If you're if you're open to future castings, you know I'd love to stay in touch. And I got you know a ton of some over 500 headshots, eight by tens sent to me. I felt like Santa Claus and like the miracle of the 34th Street. You know, when, and <laughs> when you see all yeah. those USPS boxes, bins that like I couldn't believe, and and um I couldn't believe that that many people had responded. I got in a little bit of trouble at school because you're not supposed to start. Businesses on campus, you're not supposed to give you people anyway. your school address. <laughs> I, I didn't even think about what other address was I going to give them. I didn't even think about that, but <laughs> but I wasn't prepared for that response. And my innate reaction was to be honest, as as a sort of as a data guy, um, to build a database. I went to Microsoft Access and Excel and I built a database and I, I inputted everyone's information, all the information they gave me. And I, I kind of had a way to start sorting through talent. Uh, I, I knew how to find talent because I was from the tri-state area. And I was interested in the arts myself. So I, I'd become friends with people who are models and actors and dancers. And <laughs> which is great cuz i'm not any of those i'm just like the i'm like the 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 personality i'm like the guy who's like just me but i can do with i can as like i can be vinny and dance but i can't dance <laughs> that's not my thing but i can be vinny and dance that's like i can get us there you know but that i realized that was my special skill set was really just okay. like understanding understanding how talented people were, um, underst- meeting people who had this need for talent. And that database got me um, a job at Hannity and Combs uh, on Fox News in, in the late 90s. And I I got to travel the country on this awesome bipartisan talk show where, where both sides of the aisle were, were represented. And it was my job to sort of organize the audience and understand who was asking questions and and, and when MTV needed to um, do choose, cast Choose or Lose, I got hired to come in and find the Choose or Lose team. Um, and I was lucky enough to, to be part of the team that found Gideon Yago um, from MTV News. And if you don't remember him from 10 to the hour, every hour, you'll you'll know him as the creator of Newsroom with Aaron Sorkin. And then also recently Mosquito Coast, by the way, too, like a super cool writer, um, but just who who – and the MTV news gig was perfect for him. But, but again, I was able to organize these large scale castings and auditions be- through databases, through my ability to harness that info. And, um, and, and, and in 99 when MTV finally launched its talent development department um, by a, a guy named Rod Asa, my mentor for years. Um, and it was a department of him plus one plus me. Um, he, he didn't need a casting executive to do, you know, he was the casting mm-hmm. executive. He didn't need a talent booker. He was a talent booker, but he needed someone who could speak the language, who could pump out one sheets, who could create talent one sheets and casting one sheets and notices. And, and I can, I can wire two VCRs together. And it was, um, I laugh actually, you want to laugh. I, I the, my two not only did it, were they so impressed, and they meaning like production at MTV, because mm-hmm. there was like one room where we can go to get dubs, or you can go to my office because I wire two VCRs together. There's there's a little <laughs> bit of entrepreneurism. <laughs> I'll tell you that. I you like know, that. <laughs> that you, when you but but I went to school, you know, and and I bring it back to when I went to school in '95 to '99, I was the guy who was taking things from floppy disks and putting them on hard drives. I was the guy who was scanning in your pictures into a scanner so you could have, you know, Friendster photos. Um, I was the guy who was uh, in in the early 2000s upload, taking your disks and uploading music to your iTunes or or, or downloading them (laughs) from Napster or LimeWire, you know, like the way, the way it's done, you know, but I, I always, I was always fascinated with that sort of data management and then I combine that with like this fascination with pe- meeting people and then being able to have people management skills where I can remember names and faces, but also I can, I can track information and I'm really methodical about it and love it. And to be honest, it was the perfect storm because for three years I cast VJs to be hosts. But other than that, as you said earlier, it was like uh, MTV's coming out with a film called hip hopra And we got to get Carmen, you know, we have to get uh, Beyonce in on it and I got to be in, I got to audition. I, I didn't audition her. I was just, it was just three people in the room, the director, me and her. And, um, and just like, and by the way, the life, can I, can I just share a little life lesson that I, I learned? Yeah, please do. Cool yeah, I was just going to
2: ask you about that experience a little bit
0: more. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a pretty sick experience when you're able to see um, uh, somebody learn something that you feel like has like a, li- a lifelong impact on me, but it was me, Robert Townsend, and Beyonce in the room and Robert was the, uh, it was and and what the, uh, the, 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 the director and Beyonce did her lines. And he says to me, and he, I was, I always thought, why did he, why is he saying this to me? He goes, "Vin, I want you to take a step back. You know? Um, I, Oh no, 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 no. I'm sorry. I, I thought I was going to need to take a step back cause I was about like three feet away from her and mm-hmm. I felt a little bit too close. I felt uncomfortable, um, being as close to them. And he says to me, then I want you to get really close. I don't need to see her acting. I don't need to see like the emotions and stuff like that. I know all that I'm in the room. I can, I can testify for how she's making me feel. I can't see her eyes. That's what I need to see. I want you to zoom in so close so that all I literally see in the frame are her eyes. So I zoomed in from where I was about like four feet. And he's like, no, no. He took my hand, like about a foot away from Beyonce, and was like, "This, we need to be this close. I want to see her eyes." And I remember being like, "Oh wow, this is how it's done." Like I thought that was the lesson I was learning. Like, uh, you know, uh, you know how you know how things in, in the TV studio kind of look bigger and smaller and realize. So I thought maybe yeah. I just had like size dysmorphia, or I didn't realize. Wow, and, what an experience for you to have that. Well, what I realized he was doing was giving Beyonce a note without giving Beyonce the note, he was telling her, look, there's going to, it's going to be uncomfortable. There's going to be cameras six inches from your face. I need to see that you can make eye contact with me and keep it without needing to tell her that in front of me that I can see how, even with another person in the room or when you have crew in an intimate setting like that, th- those kind of performative notes can be, um, a, you know, can, can sort of dis- distract from the energy that they're intended to be. And I saw a master, and I didn't realize this until years later cuz it always bugged me. I was always like why didn't he just tell Beyoncé be care- you know, make, be be careful with your eye contact. <laughs> it's really what I was trying to get at and mm-hmm. cuz that would ruin the, the that would that's not how you tell. That's not how you give someone like that a note and that 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 is the difference between sharing feedback and giving constructive criticism is that he had a he had a creative way to to bridge the gap and knew how to address it as opposed to just pointing out something was wrong and and that that lesson you know stuck with me for so long because if 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 we can't find ways to inspire change if we can only call out change um then, then the change only becomes as fulfilled as I saw it happen. And, and, and if we're in a collaborative environment, there's two people here. Change is so much greater than what I could have possibly, you know, thought it was. And and it was. And actually, the scene is when Beyonce first comes into the room with Mostef and she's like looking around, and it's just all eye contact. And you you literally see <laughs> in the scene what makes her. And 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 I've read that Beyonce talks about. The level of of how she learned character development okay. on that project, because that was her first solo like featured project that <laughs> a lot of people uh, at the label weren't didn't want to have happen because they were very intent on keeping Destiny's Child as 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 close together or <laughs> with many, and that was right after the first iteration or probably the second public iteration of of Destiny's Child too. Well, I love um, how you talk about how to inspire change as opposed to calling
2: out change. And that yeah. lesson you learned from you know Robert Downey Jr. And it's kind of like, wow, that is so impressionable ac- upon me because when I think about change, let's just talk about this here for a second. People in the work world and any type of business, there's going to be someone telling you, this is wrong, this is wrong, that is oh, wrong. Yeah. And they wonder why they're getting resistance from people and why there's no change happening. And when you say inspire change, how do we literally take a couple of steps back right? And look at something from a different perspective and see how we can help someone. And I love that. So Vinny, what celebrity careers with this lesson that you learned, mm-hmm. what careers did you transform and help to change? We talked about some of them, but is there any careers that you really thought you can really think about and say, wow, I took this person, oh yeah, this experience from A to Z, like it was amazing.
0: Yeah, um, yeah, dozens. By the way, are you ready? <laughs> How long do we got? <laughs> you know we, you had, know, we we had a little time here. We don't have to go the, through all of them, but just give me some cool, highlights. The best part <laughs> was was the seat that I sat at at MTV. You know, I, I had sort of like this like three year um, career at MTV before unscripted programming really kicked off, and and it was because for three years there was a talent development department. Well, actually, I would say two of those three years there was a talent development department. My my job was to listen. Uh, I would go down to the yeah. green room and listen. I had a relationship with uh, Matthew Knowles and, and the Knowles family, and and later on with with the He's group. a great guy, by the way. Be- a great guy, him. and by yeah. the way, and that that's I also that's how we got Jessica Simpson and Ashley Simpson was through Joe Simpson. It's like I learned, I got a shot through the parents, man. I'm like, I get it. I'm a mama's boy. I get it. I know how to talk <laughs> to parents respectfully. I know how to explain to them what I have access to. I know what their kids goals were i knew what ashante's goals were i knew i knew what kelly and jack and osborne's goals were um with with ashton kutcher you know the goal was for him not to have a show but to have a hit series he didn't need okay. a tv show in fact the last thing he wanted was to be seen as an mtv vj he was terrified about being you know really? seen as a, yeah he was a movie star and he had like a, a hit tv show he had you know 70s show it was a giant tv hit so like cable was a step you know to the left but 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 that's where he was able to sell the format that became punked that was okay. the literally the show that changed his pers- the perception of what he was capable of doing and and that's the thing is that is that like jessica simpson and nick lachey for example in newlyweds they they made a decision to make decisions on camera and that's their life mm-hmm. reality TV, right? Reality, the perception of reality and reality changes when people see those changes and decisions that you've made in life. And that was something to to bear witness to. And this is it's weird to say, but at a time before social media where where we didn't have the ability to get trolled, <laughs> we didn't have That's the ability right. to get feedback good or bad. We didn't have a platform for a community or an audience to understand you know how ha- how to reciprocate energy in a way that you know it just just didn't happen that way because of how how media was built those those gates <laughs> that you know if you wanted something live on TV TRL at 330 to 430 an hour for probably 10 years i would say late 90s to early 2000s right up to like youtube AOL music kind of time right mm-hmm. that's an hour that that bands Decided when to launch. They music decisions were made based on that one hour of live programming because that was the hour that they could depend on. And 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 it used to be ten to the hour. And I can I can go on and on and on about how television once you know how it serves, how it acted as a as a, um, uh, a funnel for these sources as opposed to what it's become, which is an amalgamation of stories.
2: That's right. And I like how you're bringing that up because that is something we need to know, especially with the younger generation. I'll be listening to this podcast because those days you had to have things ready and on the fly. Like you talk about unscripted television, too. Those required a lot of collaboration. And if there's a mistake made, you got to go right at it. Go forward with it. Don't worry about it. Whereas now, honestly, you can people can put things on YouTube. They can edit it, do everything and make it look all flashy. And then you're thinking that, oh, okay, this is, this is great, but you're not seeing the background work of it versus what you were doing back in the day of having to do things right then and there and dealing with these multiple personalities in person. And I like how too. I was doing a little research on you as I mm-hmm. do with all my guests. <laughs> and you talk about how you like to bring out, you, you like to talk about how to find the best and the worst in people and how to translate that into their advantage on media, which I love that because here's the thing. Nobody wants smoke and mirrors. We want to see the real deal, how these people really are, which is what boomed that industry that you were such a part of and leading. I recently read a book called Ego's the Enemy by Ryan Holiday. Freaking great book, by the way. I'm putting it on my short list. It is an amazing book, and it talks about how the ego gets in our way. And when we're trying to ascend into our careers, personal life, there's things that we can block ourselves from that causes us not to communicate properly with people. Now, in your career, working with multiple personalities, big personalities, mm-hmm. did you have those moments, Vinny, where you had to just sit down and talk with someone and say, look, I'm looking to brand what you're doing here. You've got great talent, but you're preventing this from happening by being this way. Did you have to have those conversations with people? And if you <laughs> did, what was it like? Could, I mean, did they have to shut the doors and then drop the dreams?
0: <laughs> yeah, um, Foxy. So I, yeah, Foxy Brown is the first person who comes to mind. Um, she was a great rapper, by the way. I like Foxy amazing Brown. amazing performer. Yeah, uh, what a story! I had to be crushing her. What actually. a survivor! What. Um, what a what a romantic rapper in a way like she would you know to 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 bleed and hurt for the art the way that she did and um uh we worked on a project called uh Foxy's Family I think it was called Foxy's Family it was a super cool we even spent money animating the open we got really far on that project and um she. she she likes, uh, I'm not going to say anything bad about Foxy. <laughs> I'll say this some Don't people might really <laughs> yeah, I just feel like, yeah, I'm gonna start. I'm gonna start I'm a getting Fox. a message. <laughs> <I'm really crazy."> <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll say this there, there was something back, and this is something about her back then that I felt like she just liked having people waiting in the wings. Like, it felt like the more people were waiting, the more important what she was doing was doing, and, and the more uh, people saw that there was more people waiting, the more that we would be able to do what we do. And I get that. Um, in, in New York, in the early two thousands, you wanted a line outside the club, not inside the club because everyone's going to think you have your performance is a smash hit inside the club. If there's a bigger line outside. So I get the under, you know, and I think that, and I'm, I'm talking about 2006, specifically a project that I did with her. So like that makes me even think more about the, the understanding of the size of audience digitally versus in person. I remember we had a conversation, Foxy and I had a whole conversation about the size of cameras. She wanted larger cameras. And I said, but Foxy, that's not, those aren't the, those, that's not good. <laughs> like Those are like older cameras that we don't need to be using. You know, yeah. the same cameras that we shot the Osbournes on five years ago, we should, you know, there's much smaller cameras that will allow us to be more nimble and will kind of be more fly on the wall so that we you, you won't see three people in a boom. Everything can be discreet. And, and I think there was a shoot, the, the pomp and circumstance of, of not being discreet. And I, and I, and I really chalked that. I, I, I didn't think about the size of the digital audience because it blows my mind when I, real, when, I real, when I connected how many people were watching TRL versus how, per day versus how many people were following Kim Kardashian on Twitter mm-hmm. in 2009. Like I remember when I was like, wait, that's the same number. Like I know TRL is getting about like 370,000 views, because I, I see the number, I can see what we're looking at now and why everyone's talking about the sort of demise of, of TV when, when in, at the height of TRL, we were getting one, 1. 1.8, 2.3s, that's 2.3, almost almost roughly, 2.3 million eyeballs versus. But even then, think about that, 2.3 million eyeballs, and we would be happy. I know a lot of people on Instagram, Facebook, that have in TikTok, I have a lot more than 2.3 million who get a, who get a lot more views. Then that's where you we, really you start know, to understand we won't even the ta-
2: power. Yeah, we <laughs> won't even talk about that because here's the thing. I'm ready to, I have to say this. But oh. see what you were doing with with the with the people that you're working with, that was a real way of getting people out marketing. People what people do now through social media, I mean, a lot of it is good. But I'm going to be honest with you. I see some people they have like 50 to 100 to 200,000 followers, they've only posted like 20 times, you know, and it's like, okay, so where are these followers coming from? Now, that's a whole nother thing. I don't want to go down that rabbit hole, but I want to yeah, say yeah, that I yeah. respect what you do because you were actually in a time frame where you were actually marketing people and you take that same ability with you now on social media. So it's like, you're yeah. taking the old school and you're mixing it with the new school, which is absolutely phenomenal. And that's what I love because you know how to get people out there. The reason why I wanted to bring this conversation up about the ego is, be- is because I heard from a good friend of mine that whenever we're ascending in our businesses, we ascend through collaboration. And for the people watching today, the artists that are out there saying, I want to get a hold of Vinny. I want to talk to Vinny. I want to see how he can help me you know, and, and brand myself. You have to know how to work with people because they're the ones that are going to get you to the next level. And you got to watch that ego. So like you were saying with the cameras, when you're trying to, when an artist is saying, hey, I want this, but you're saying, no, this is not what we're, this is not what this is for. We need to do it this way. The artist has to listen to that because as artists, you can get a little, you know, your head can get a little big sometimes. And even as anyone, your head can get a little big sometimes. So you have to learn how to take that constructive feedback from people and know they're trying to help you. And speaking of helping people, Vinny, what does the brand development look like to you when you're working with someone?
0: Oh yeah, that's cool. Uh, um, a lot of it is like gold, goal defining um, okay. and, um, and just decide deciding when and where we want to take the scenic route to be, to be honest. Um, it's, I think it's important to have goals, whether those are values or monetary goals or, or impact goals. Um, all of those goals are important and there's sort of a shoots and ladder Version of strategy that I like to come up with, as opposed to you know the straight and narrow, and if this then that, and if not this then we have to go back and start from you know from X and Y. I, I take time into factor. Um, I take long term results and short term resor- results, long term goals and short term goals, and I, I sort of weigh I weigh them out uh, and I put them through what I feel like is your like it factor filter. You know, like the the thing about you. The thing about you, at the center of who you are, that makes everything balance, and it's Ooh, a hard way to sort of describe it. But that's Ooh. when uh, that's the it factor is the thing. How does it all work? How does Vinny do? Da, 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 da? I think my my it my it factor, if I can be so bold as to say what I think my it factor is, is passion and power. They can work okay, against me, and, and they can work. Against me and for me in, in both of the same ways, you know, I can get passionate about an idea and say, no, no, don't make it a five act show. Make it a, yeah. And I go back to this Robert Townsend story that I shared earlier with Beyonce. Never, no, Love why would story. I tell somebody no? You know, it's, it's, oh, another way to do it would be to keep it five acts and, and just, you know, be able to constructively add to that, to that conversation. And it's, it's, and that's where the mindset for me sort of kicks into place is and there and there's also I'm so appreciative that I learned how to be creative at a time so so the thing I had not to say over foxy in that story that I was talking about was I wasn't mm-hmm. a production company I wasn't one of 20 50 100 2000 5000 10000 production companies as we we've seen you know at MTV back then we kind of did everything in house um okay. the people who have production companies they they were called production companies and they had Producers and and but they work with us and with with like our line producers and our team and like Osborne's was mostly shot like I I worked on Punked for the first few seasons and then once you get the format is that I worked on Wild and Out and casting all the OG but once once you get that once you get that format up and running my goal is to make it sustainable my goal is to make sure that I've I've you know created talent SOPs and casting SOPs that keep those franchises alive which to be honest is why I'm so happy that the challenge getting TJ Lavin on the challenge. And then, uh, and Nick Cannon while and out, like those are two big franchises that I, I worked really hard on to, um, to try to try to make sure they were, they were set up to be comedy vehicles. And and to be honest, the challenge for me was like a, 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 all about athleticism, mental and physical. Cause I, I worked at MTV in the late nineties when guys used to watch MTV before they left for ESPN and left for sports. Like I used to yeah. have sports and music festival on MTV. There used to be a different male audience that didn't just derive from rock. And that was the other thing too, is music changed. So so yeah, the scene know, did change with the, the music. '90s rock. To look at you know those yeah. concerts and the concerts. You know all the poor things that are in the news about that. And then, um, <laughs> but what the cool thing for me about being at MTV then was I feel like in 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 like '95 when I was watching MTV, they like were taking the cameras off the of music videos, and you were seeing the audience. You were seeing audiences and people engagement. And, and I feel like when I got to MTV, we gave the cameras to the talent instead of pointing the cameras on Ooh, the talent. Okay. So I felt like that was like a unique thing that we did it was like, hey, Osborne's, you, you want to do it? Here's some cameras. Hey, you know, here's some cameras. Go, go make it. And, and what MTV did brilliantly, unfortunately, you know, getting rid of some music videos, but they created space for storytelling. That's what MTV did. That AOL didn't do by making it vi- music videos on demand. They that where they took the the eyeballs for people who wanted something immediately and we created space and then we stuck to it. We we aired something 50, 60, 70, 100 times over and over and over again. Cause they were sort of like um just like ever evergreen stories that were re- relatable. And I I think that 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 creating the space for the storytelling is a thing that MTV did. That I like that you know that no other cable network did the way that we did and and it, that's what changed the programmatic landscape of reality TV when everyone realized what 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 a story engine was how to predict the arc of a series without um without really knowing in fact i, I was excited to come on, on this podcast because i i like to talk about uh breathe for a second <laughs> and it's like day and age where everyone talks about repurposing content
2: yes and okay like, let's get into that conversation this
0: is like nails on a ch- repurpose is nails on a chalkboard to me and i love that you have purposeful in here because there is nothing purposeful about repurposing about creating something and then thinking hey wait now what should i do with it and i love I this love, idea. Thank you for bringing that up oh is that cool Do you agree i agree <laughs> with you Yes, I I come from television. Um, I know that when I create a thirty minute show, I have to have a a, a fifteen second spot that's going to sell the episode. I'm looking throughout that entire week when I'm recording that episode. I'm looking for what I think that fifteen second spot's going to be because in my producer notes, I actually have to write that down. Like I I say, like this is I think could be the tagline for the episode. Like that's something that's expected for me to identify to to be mindful about and create. On purpose. So this idea of repurposing right. to me is hard because I, I saw TV networks do this where they thought they can take bad footage from TV and repurpose it <laughs> and put it on t- on digital. And that didn't work. That didn't so work. That like was
2: lip- complete fail.
0: Yeah. Right. I, I want to <laughs> let everyone know that. Like I just, not to say that what works on one platform won't work in the other, but but if I know that I have, um, uh, if I have a playlist on YouTube called One Minute with Vin, and if I can call you up on YouTube and ask if you'd like to put that playlist on your YouTube page for me, then I know that I can always just have like a One Minute with Vin segment in every podcast that I do. That's cool. So I might think of pre-purposing an idea so that I can pre-produce it and anticipate that need and then put that into my the contextual structure of my podcast. And I love that. If I'm using weird words, I'm sorry. I don't know. I just started getting like weird word. I got weird words. I think I got insecure when I was talking.
2: No, no, you're good. You're good. I can see the passion. This is why I wanted you on the show. And you talk about purpose. That's what it is. Like when you're doing anything, what is the purpose behind it? What is your intention? And what do you want to go with it? And that's why I feel like you're so successful in what you do with this brand development of finding out who the person is. I like how you talked about the values, getting into the center of the being. There's so many quotable moments in this show, Vinny. I oh, got to pick appreciate. a quote to use, my brother. So I there are <laughs> a lot of gems you have dropped here. And more importantly, to be in this new phase of what we call social media and to bring this level of experience with you, like the sharing of the story about, you know, Robert Downey Jr., the, you know, Foxy Brown and all these other things that are great experiences for people to understand, because here's the thing that I've learned. There's a lot of talent out there. And right now we can easily say this. There are some people out there who are the next big thing, but... Will they be the next big thing? Because they have to take that step outside their comfort zone. They have to be able to drop the ego. They have to be able to work with people such as yourself in order to get that centering of who they are out there. And that takes a lot of courage to do that. Now, speaking of that, the courage of things, I want to talk about the impact that you're having on diversity in social media and what that looks like. So what are you doing currently for that? Because here's the thing I've learned big word right now people are using is called inclusion. And I like that word. I like how people are using it. But there are some people that just use it to say that, hey, we're including everybody. So don't point the finger at us. Okay, we're good. We're good over here. But there are some people who are actually, they're making it happen. So what are you doing these days to impact diversity
0: on social media? I love that question. And I think that to be really blunt, I think that I get to be such a good ally because I've been blessed to work with so many allies that that showed me the difference between showing up and, and standing up for me. Um, so I, I in, in, in a very intimate setting and then in very public settings as well. Um, so when I launched my podcast, I called it, I have a podcast because of this idea that people either who create podcasts and have o- actually own their own podcast, they, they would relate to that idea. I have a podcast. Mm-hmm. I also thought that the listeners would relate to this. I have a I have a okay. podcast to recommend. I have a podcast for you. I have a podcast about this, and I sort of love that that I understanding that the listener and the the and the podcaster both mm-hmm. would be able to relate to a similar term. Um, and when I launched my podcast, I got it registered. About two thousand bucks is what it co- cost to get registered, so I officially have I have a podcast you know and in, in, in trademarks in globally as well, not important. just in America
2: very important that you did that
0: oh yeah, the yeah
2: is essential yeah
0: yeah there there are some IP rights that you get out of the gate depending on what um uh what podcast host platform you're using. so let's exclude anchor from this conversation, but <laughs> anything basically other than anchor, you pretty much have all the rights to anchor retain some rights. So, but anyway, um,
2: I want to go off uh, on a, just to add something quickly here yeah. about that, because w- going back to Mr. Matthew Knowles, I call him Mr. Matthew Knowles he's yeah. Mr. He's, he's the yeah. guy. I met him back in 2018 in Italy and, and we have been uh, connecting since then. And one of the things that he told me about anything, he says, Adrian. If you're going to do this, is it trademark? You know how he looks at oh, He yeah. has his look, how yeah, he looks yeah. at you. Oh, yeah. It's amazing. He's like seeing through you. And you're just like, okay, uh, is he looking back? And yeah. Because he sees you, right? He's telling he's, you. He's telling you. And the fact that you brought that up just brought that into my my memory bank because that's the first thing he always asks. is like, have you trademarked it? Mm-hmm. Have you looked it up? Does anyone else have it? Because if you don't, down the road, it may be a problem for you. So the fact that you took your podcast and you trademarked it is important for the podcasters that are listening today. Think about that, you know, your podcast. And so, yeah, go ahead, Vinny. Yeah, I'm sorry, and also, I, and also
0: I use it in development. For I, I make sure that I can trademark something all the way through to completion. Um, I, I use it as a tool in development. Um, if somebody else is capable of making a story or the same story or is ca- wants to do what I do, I'm often like, do it. Do it, do it. It's just, I'm full yeah. of ideas. You know what I mean? Oh, that's what I was going to say earlier. Is like at MTV, I, I it wasn't like, I wasn't trying to sell shows to MTV. I was just trying to create them. So I was paid to create show. I was paid to go out oh. and at two o'clock in the morning, run into Wade Robson and then be like, wait, you should have a dance show on MTV. And he'd be like, that would be cool. What would we call them? I'm like, I don't know. Call it the Wade Robson dance project. And then, and then we make it and then like we're, so or when Shane and Travis got married or Ashley Parker Angel, like I, I love, I love relationships. I love, I love, I love relationships because of the complexity of them and, and the, 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 the mutual and individual goals to achieve, you know, uh, you know, success together and independently. I, I think that's, those, those are fun. Um, but so to answer your question, though, about, I have a podcast. So so I created this podcast. I have a podcast, and I, I come and I, I called all the people that I've worked with to recall all of our sort of creative decisions, just so we can sort of make a, make them a, try to figure out why and how it all worked in our favor. Also, as a way to show people, just specifically what my creative process has been. It's not like a it's not a it's not a podcast where a lot of different people are going to come in and you're going to hear a lot of different ways to create and blah, blah, It's a very, very specific podcast about like my, my experiences that I can speak to and will, and can attest to have been you know successful. But I have a podcast.com was the platform for me where I felt most like an ally, where I realized I have the ability to create a Google verified news platform where I can ask people to identify themselves and their podcasts. I can create articles about them using their name and everything you need to sort of help you get verified on to get a wiki page, which is what you need to get verified on social media and like that whole trickle down piece to it. I, I know that that's a big pain point. So the first thing I did was create that. I I created basically a database, which as you know, I'm pretty good at creating databases and then a platform where brands and podcasters can come together and they can share in sponsorship opportunities the same way that brands and influencers are doing on marketing platforms. And then I, I, and then I actually went to Podfest, and someone asked me um, if I, if I had that interview, I have an interview form and they asked if I had it in Spanish and I was like, (gasps) Oh, not yet, but give me like 24 hours. And I went and got that, I went and got it translated. And then I went back to her and said, look, um, I have this idea of, of I'm going to ask the questions on a microphone and then I'm just going to record it once. Everyone's going to answer their questions and I can just chop it in and make it look like I'm asking questions. And so I can make some video content. So like you can record your answers, send them into me and I'll, my team will chop it up. I said, wouldn't it be cool if you were like the I'm going to need someone to speak Spanish now that I have Spanish forms coming in. So I think it's a really cool platform and way to show people your expertise. And if you would be into the opportunity and that collaboration. So it's like building a platform for collaboration was important. And that's important. Very important. to do And that's, that. that's where it was. I have a podcast.com and, and because of that, I also created something called our, my creator accelerator program. Okay. And it's free. If you identify as LGBTQIA BIPOC, A API, a female, an educator, a student, or an ally to any of us. (laughs) Like I'm really throwing you a bone here, you know what I mean? But I I want to I wanna help people who qualify to be creators strictly because they got an iPhone. Because what they those people, which is majority of the creators that are on this world on this planet now, because by way of tools, they became creators. By way of access to platforms, they became creators. What I want to do is help them be successful as creators. I want to show them how to win awards, how to get credit, by the way. You can get, so the, you can get credit for podcasts on IMDb right now. Like, like Movie stars get credit for yeah. films on IMDb. There's three types of intellectual property that's allowed to get credit on, on um, IMDb right now. Film tv and podcast not digital wow. streaming so if you have a digital series or you're an actor unfortunately those those projects aren't on imdb but as a podcaster to get that data point from from imdb which is amazon owned to google it will i promise you it will change your google seo and um, i actually have i up um my friend Ben Courier and I put together this awesome step-by-step guide. So, uh, if you go to www.audiolinked.com, and I'll send you mm-hmm. this link, Adrian, afterwards if you want to. Yeah, send me the right link. We'll put
2: it into the show notes for yeah. sure. And it's it kind of leads step. me, yeah, it leads me to that next question for you. Like this information you're providing is like mind-opening like for instance, I didn't know that podcasting could be credited on IMBD. And that is something that is a next level step for a lot of the podcasters out there and even people looking to get into podcasting, which is why once again, you are the man because you (laughs) know how to market and to get talent into certain places, as you would say, to be successful. That's your purpose. Now, leads me to this question here. What is your overall purpose for what for why you do what you do. Like, what is the aim here? Yeah. You talked a little bit about helping
0: people be successful, but what is the purpose behind what you do? I love that. I, yeah, I like helping people be successful, to be honest, by way of helping them be more discoverable. That's the thing that I okay. think I tapped into as a casting director and a producer for these 25 years. And the reason why we go. I want people to be more discoverable is because right now, the loudest voice, the wrongest voice, the, the this is voice, and the that is voice, and the, the TikTok voice, and the algorithm voice, and the Netflix du jour, you know, these are the voices that are penetrating mass media. They're, They're oversaturating it. Yeah, broadcast media. Yeah. Narrow cast media, like podcasts and and some social media. And I think that we, the people, have the ability, as small business owners and Especially as small business owners, by the way. So get me started here. Small business owners, like the way that we charge and provide our services and products, and the way we employ and don't and don't employ our 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 colleagues and the people we work with, and the who how we're treating each other as a We have a there's a lot more small businesses in America than big businesses, and we have a, 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 a we have a huge way to impact how we interact with each other. Um, we you've seen. Bitcoin go up and down. You're seeing the stock go up and down. Um, we're trying to figure out ways to securely interact, to, to to collaborate with people. And I think that people who own their podcasts, um, uh, I, I think that that creative IP is something that's going to come back to them in a way that's as valuable as maybe some of these like early NFT stories that we heard. I think that I think that when when small businesses and medium businesses realize the value of two hundred sustainable downloads per episode as a podcaster, versus the ninety thousand likes that you got on one photo two years ago during the pandemic <laughs> on TikTok, <laughs> you know, and the, the traits that I think you're yeah. going to see the a different the difference that that so just it's and and also uh, the cool thing about podcasting is like this is so podcasting one point one like right now we have to go to Apple we have we've had to go to Apple for a podcast forever. Mm -hmm. So I just want to tell you about the MySpace and Facebook story that didn't end so well for MySpace. (laughs) Like, There's a whole 2.0 to to what we're doing here. And and I brought up this word Mm narrowcasting. But if, if we took podcasts and put them on televisions, If we took narrow casting and could broadcast that market to market on television, the technology works, the channels work. We obviously Mm -hmm. are aware that there can be 100 or (laughs) 1000 channels on our TV as there has been suddenly just an increase and increase of channels. The space is getting bigger. So the more discoverable I can make you and whether that's through consistency, whether that is through just core creative, but it's for me, it's, it's an earned respect. And, um, I, I would hate I would hate for people to not post something because they don't have a content strategy. I want them to be the content strategy. Like Ooh, that's- To be. That's it. Be the content strategy. strategy that the words you yeah, speak, are like like the words
2: that that's should who you be repeated. That you are, the centering yeah. of who you are. Vinny, this is amazing, brother. How can people get in contact with you to learn more about marketing strategy, um, even to follow your podcast? You just mentioned that I have a podcast. That's your podcast. You'll yeah. send me that link to put in the show notes. But is there any other- Way that they can contact you to reach out. Even some of this talent that we have right now, they're probably going to be watching this and saying, "Oh, I want to work
0: with Vinny." Cool. How do they I appreciate to you? that? Yeah, go to Adrian's friends and then look for at Vinny Patestivo. I'm there. <laughs> I'll trust I trust uh, me. I'm I'm on LinkedIn and Twitter, and um, I'm I love starting off conversations with, "Hey, how you doing?" And like, let's build a relationship. I've always worked with my friends. It's the only way I've kind of ever worked. Um, and I'm not saying that I have to, um, agree with everything. I have lots of friends that I don't agree with, by the way, um, who enhance my life because I chose not to walk in their footsteps, but I still need them around. So, um, that being said, I'm not looking for someone who is is only like-minded or only agrees on uh, my core values. I, I genuinely love helping and learning how people create and connect. And I think that, that we're all, and we all do it uniquely. and, and I, and I know those, and I know that, <laughs> and that's, that's something I can help you find a way to be more discoverable as, as a personal brand or your or, or have, it, if you have a message, but as well as finding your audience, um, making your audience more discoverable for you. Um, I believe in the law of attraction and it starts, it starts, but with this, it starts with a conversation, it starts with energy, dedicated time and energy. So I really appreciate y'all for listening to this for as long as you have, because this, this was the time that we created to kick Absolutely. off this, like next week of energy. And I'll tell I you this, the energy. I did like TV 20 years ago, whatever. I'm still getting a return on that energy. You know, all, all the TV shows you watched back then, I can't wait to talk to y'all about it because I know we both saw the same episodes and I know we both saw different things. <laughs> <laughs> while watching it. And I love, I think that's, the, I think that's so cool that we have that, that shared experience in common. So as you
2: mentioned, brother, this is energy, man. This is all about yeah. energy and the sharing of energetic space, which you have done today with me and the audience. And let me say this, definitely you are a courageous creator of your own change and you bring purpose to your life and you are the man. And I want the audience today to reach out to Vinny to learn more about what he's doing, to follow him, support his work. And if you're an artist or anyone looking to get take to, to the next level, you need to collaborate with people. Yeah. Let Vinny be that person for you or let him help you find the right collaboration. Vinny, it's been wonderful, brother, to have you on the show. And I look forward to having you again. Yes, I'm looking forward to that. I can't wait.
1: Thank you for listening to The Purposeful Life Show with your host, Adrian Starks. Subscribe to the show and connect with Adrian on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. Learn more about the host and his change making perspectives at adrianstarks.net and download the podcast on your favorite platform to be inspired by more life changing content. It's time to be a courageous creator of your own change and be purposeful about doing it.